Welcome to Forward Passion, episode 108. I want to thank everybody once again for joining us. If you're new and you uh, like this episode or, or perhaps you're new-ish uh, and you like recent episodes and you want to support this podcast, you can subscribe to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Forum of Passion. Uh, when you do so, you're going to get an additional episode on the last Friday of each month. Uh, I believe this month we're going to do a review of uh, Derek Vela's releases this year. Um, there's a, an upcoming uh, an upcoming Worm and Dream and Ending split coming out, as, as well as a two-mold LP, and we're going to kind of go over all that. So you have that to look forward to there. Um, but uh, you can subscribe there. It's $2 a month. And uh, we also shout everybody out that subscribe to that on, on these mainline episodes. And if I know or can remember if uh, you're a part of a project, I will shout that project out as well. Um, and feel free if you sign up for the Patreon to message me and tell me whatever you're involved in. Um, if I don't know, uh, so I have no problem, you know, like helping out promote, you know, helping promote whatever. Um, uh, we have a couple this, uh, this week, uh, Alexandra Hopton. Thank you very much for joining us. And we have, uh, Olin May. Thank you guys both for being a part of our Patreon. Uh, everybody else, if you're not a part of it yet, please do so. And, uh, you know, enjoy the backlog episodes and all the new ones we have coming up. Today's guest is uh, someone that's been in the game for a while, and uh, I, I really think that uh, kind of like stars have aligned, and this year their projects are are flourishing. And and you know, it's like I I I, I hate to just come out here and and like you know uh, put the, all the cards out on the table like this because it seems biased. But they're in two of my favorite current bands right now. Uh, you know, one of which of current contemporary like metal and hardcore probably top five um so i it's just i'm a big fan of this person's work and i'm really excited to talk to them about their journey and how they've arrived at uh kind of the uh achieving the lightning in the bottle aspect of everything they've got going on right now uh today's guest is mr seth gilmore seth how are you doing sir i'm doing good man thank you for having me and thanks for the introduction man of course of course i know i mean fugitive and scourge outstanding outstanding both of them you know scourge has been going on for a time uh i first became acquainted with scourge via mind rot um judge okay. uh doing uh you know I, I think he did a record for you guys way back when yeah he did i think yes. it was uh, 2015 he did spiritual despair for us yep yep so yeah. I, I had become acquainted there uh, with that and then when fugitive came out it was like you know it, it was equal parts so many things i like being a fan of scourge and power trip growing up being a big ans guy um, okay and and vasca you know so it was like once i kind of saw the bona fides i was like whoa and then it then it it led up it it uh it met the expectations of its parts so um you know just a, bi a big fan Thank um you. of course of course but now uh you know texas is what i associate yeah. you with are are you originally from texas or did your family migrate there no i'm, I'm originally from texas uh i was born in west texas in a town called el paso i'm okay. not sure if you're familiar with el paso but it's oh yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's right there on the corner next to mexico and new mexico and i grew up there and i've just bounced around the whole state so yeah big big border town el paso i've driven through um uh, never had the the chance to play 
um, you know, was your family from around there or, or had they, you know, had they ended up there for like, like work or, or kind of like, what was the history uh, of y'all being in El Paso? Um, so my dad is originally from Enid, Oklahoma, which is like just North of Oklahoma city a little ways. And my mom is from like the, the panhandle area. Mm-hmm. She grew up in a town called Jal. Um, but they, uh, they moved to El Paso and they were both pretty young. I think my dad was like in middle school or something like that. And I think the same for my mom. When, when you were in El Paso, how, like, you know, as a, as a kid, like, were you there like there long or did your family kind of bounce around a lot when you were younger? Uh, I was there till I was about 14. Okay. And then, uh, we kind of bounced around to Austin and for a time we were in Furville, which is right outside San Antonio. Mm. But, um, yeah, mostly it was just El Paso, Austin, and then that little town, Kerrville. What's what was your life, at, you know, as a, a child in El Paso? Like, what do you remember, kind of being like, like in your neighborhood, or like what were kids into around you? Like, what was the lay of the land? Oh man, I mean, it was just like a lot of hanging out in the desert, you know, just like I mean, honestly, just a bunch of bad kid shit, just like lighting shit on fire, breaking shit, like trying to find any kind of fun we could we could really do, you know? Where. But, uh, had you like met these friends like through like school or, or like, or like your neighborhood? Um, mostly it was my, my parents' friends. I just hung out with their kids and oh. kind of like, uh, grew up with them. And then I hung out with my, my older brother's friends. Mostly I had, I had some friends myself, but you know, younger brother, one tag around with older brother most of the time. Of course. That, did you, are, is that your only sibling or were you part of a big family? No, I'm, I'm one of six. So I got, a, yeah, I got a pretty big family. Um, I'm right in the middle. So that's fun, you know? Uh, yes, of course. Of course. Yeah. Uh, do, do you ever feel the trappings of being a middle child? Um, you know, in ways, yes. In ways, no. I feel like I got away with more stuff than maybe my other siblings did. But for the most part now, you know, we were pretty tight-knit family. So, so growing up, it, it, it's, you got big family, tight-knit, you know, good energy. Uh, you know, and, and it's like, you're hanging out with your, your, now, was it a specific older brother? Cause if you're in the middle, like, was it like your oldest brother or was it, or was it like, you know, one of the ones that were kind of closer to your age? So we're 21 months apart. Okay. So we're very close in age and, uh, it's just him and I as, as the bros, you know, I have four gotcha. sisters. And we just kind of ran around and did our shit. What kind of things were you into as a child, you know, be it like music or or television or, you know, games, like what, what kind of stuff, you know, brought your attention? I mean, I was, I was really into basketball and baseball growing up. Like that was, that was kind of my shit. Uh, music came on, came along pretty early as well. Um, I think just mostly hanging out with my older brother and hanging around his friends and whatnot. They just kind of introduced me to stuff at a younger age. What kind of stuff were they listening to? Oh man. It was like one of his friends really loved Zayo. That was like oh. one of the one of the first when I was a kid. Okay. Uh, so, you know, like Mars Volta and at the drive-in stuff was huge in El Paso, stuff like that. Uh, like indie music. I mean, the thing with like El Paso is, you know, you kind of just get what you get. And mm-hmm. so like kids would just have like a conglomerate of, of things that they liked. And so it was never just like, Oh, you know, I like punk or I like metal. I would be like, Oh, I like, you know, Reliant K, but I also love like, I don't know, fucking Norma Jean or something. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It's like, whatever, you know, whatever you find, especially, you know, like, like, uh, like how, like what year is this when you're like a kid and, and learn and learning about this stuff? Uh, it would have been about 2001, 2002, around that time. 
Okay. And so at that point, it's like, you know, it's like internet is in kind of early stages. So it's like finding stuff online is not as easy. So kind of whatever comes across your desk is kind of like, all right, well, I guess I'm rocking with this because this is what I have. Oh, dude, totally. Totally. So the mixed bag thing makes sense. Or was your older brother at all into like, like, like going to gigs or, or playing music or was it just kind of like, like just like listening and appreciating that way? Uh, he, he liked listening to it, but I would honestly go with like his, like his older, like his friends to shows. Like they'd be like, Hey, we're going to go to this, this local show. And I would like be the little 13 year old, like jumping in the car with them and being like, yeah, let's go. How old were you when you went to your first like local show? The first local show I went to, I was 13. I mean, it's kind of local. It was, it was as I lay dying with two locals. Okay. Uh, it. it like blew my fucking mind. <laughs> I, I mean, especially then too, cause it's like in that era, early two thousands there as I lay dying, it's like operating. Like I remember them being like just big, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I wasn't listening to them like at the time, but I, I knew kids that were into them and it was like, it, it, it seemed like a very big deal. Um, you know, you go to that. Had you been to like any type of like concert before? Or was this sort of your first live show experience? Uh, it was like my first live experience without supervision. Gotcha. So I, I had been to like in El Paso. There's a there at a time. There's a baseball team called the Diablos. They're now called the Chihuahuas. <laughs> but they did like a, a summer like music thing. And I, mean, I couldn't tell you who played it. But I remember just like running around the baseball field like a little tyrant just doing crazy shit. What, like you said, you were into baseball and the basketball. What teams were you into? Dude, when I was a kid, I loved mostly the Arizona teams because it was like, like Phoenix was like the closest major yeah. city to us. So I loved like the Phoenix Suns. Like that was my shit. I love the yeah. Diamondbacks. Those, those were my teams. Because I was going to ask, I was like, I was like, El Paso, that's pretty far west. I was yeah. like, you know, and I was thinking, I was like, yeah, he could kind of go either way. He'd either go like Phoenix or if you like really wanted to like do some math, you could you know, kind of go to like, to like Eastern stuff in Texas. But, uh, you know, I, I, again, I, th- I think some people don't recognize how big that state is. <laughs> so oh, it's, massive. it's like another it's, country. Yeah, it really is. Um, so you, you know, you go to this show, you know, and like, were you like, Oh man, I need to, you know, go to more of these or, or like I like I want to do what those guys or those people are doing on stage. Like what what kind of impact did it have on you? Oh, dude, it was massive. I remember like walking in, like the smell of like beer and shit, and just being like, "Whoa, this is crazy!" Like I know that smell, but not like you know this huge smell in my nose, you know. Right. And and thinking I've never been around like this type of crowd before. Like I've just mostly been around my friends and family type thing. And um. Pretty much like after that show, I was hooked. Like any type of show I could go to, didn't matter who was playing. I just wanted to go. So for, I'd say like, what, like a year you were able to kind of do that around El Paso? About, about a year. Yeah. It was, um, her name was Angela and she was just like, Hey, I'm going to this local show. Do you want to go? Or like a random, like dead to fall came through El Paso and we went to that. I had no clue who they were, but I was like, yeah, let's fucking go. So you were just kind of like just anything that like anybody was like, Hey, like we're going to go hit this. You were just like, all right, I'm, I'm rolling. Like didn't even matter if you knew what it was. Exactly. Yeah. What, what kind of stuff were you finding at home? Like what kind of stuff were you like, like in your kind of journey of learning about things that you were into, like, like how were you finding it and what were you attaching yourself to? Um, I would say I started finding stuff through 
like I remember this guy named Yeti. He gave me a, it was like a, a burned CD that had like figure four on it. Mm-hmm. And I remember listening to that be like, Oh, this is crazy. And then get on MySpace and checking out their top eight and going from band to band to band and just digesting as much as I could. Also pure volume. Oh, I don't know if I remember pure volume. I remember pure volume. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would scour that. I remember there was a band that opened for as it lay dying. They were at the time I thought they were amazing, you know, like monumental. They were really bad, but I would just listen to them nonstop on pure volume. Sure. I mean, in pure volume for those unaware is like, imagine the most archaic form of like a Spotify, but only on like a desktop, so to speak. Uh, similar to like MySpace music and, and, and stuff yeah. as well uh, from that time period. And then, yeah, the top eight was a, a big, like, you know, like, Oh, what bands, what bands is this band putting on via their MySpace page, you know? And you can yeah. kind of like go down the rabbit hole uh, like that. So uh, during this time period, you, um, you, you're, you're, you're finding, you know, you know, it's like all sorts of new stuff what kind of takes your family away from El Paso into like other parts of the state? Um, I think opportunity was the the big thing. I mean, El Paso, it's, it's not like it's a desolate place or anything, but your options are kind of slim in regards to what you can actually do. And sure. if you want to, you know, do a light and go to the oil field or you can, I mean, if you have like a family that has like a business, like you could jump into that, but I think the big thing was opportunity. And when we left, it was also like kind of the height of the, of the Juarez situation where it was like the murder capital of Mexico. So things were kind of getting a little bit crazy. Yeah. And I think it was just like a, a combination for my parents to be like, Hey, let's, let's get out of here. And you guys end up where in Austin In Austin. Yeah. Okay. When you moved to Austin, kind of like, what was, what was your experience there? Was it something that you like kind of embraced or were you like, I wish we still lived in El Paso? Oh, I still, I wish we still lived in El Paso. I was super against it. Just because I was a kid. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was tough. And, but I mean, another thing was just like, the landscape was so foreign to me. It was, it was a way, I don't know how to explain it. It was way more developed for one. Mm-hmm. But two, just the, the people were so different. And so it was like, man, like this is, this is culture shock a little bit. Definitely um, a different vibe, especially, especially like, yeah, from, from El Paso to Austin is like, you know, like I said, Texas, big state. That's almost like two different worlds. Yeah. Um, for sure. So did you, like, did you find yourself having like a hard time at, at like, like assimilating at school or, or, or like things like that? Or, or was it okay on that front? Uh, it was a little tough at first. I honestly made friends with like the kids on my street more than I did with kids at school, just because they were, they were right there. And, um, they like played catch and, and like, you know, through like through the football around stuff. So that was like easy to do, but it was still one of those things where I felt like I didn't fit in or it was like, you know, they'd been friends forever. And I, I was like the, the outsider type thing. Yeah. You're, you're coming but in late. Yeah. Coming in real late to the game. Yeah. But then we, uh, we had, we had, I jumped schools for a minute and the worst part too, is when I first went there, the school wanted to hold me back a year. Oh. So that made me feel like a whole, a whole other yeah. you know, variable of being 13, 14 years old of like, what the hell's going on in my life. Right. But, um, as soon after that, I may start making friends who were, who were into like the similar music for the most part. And I think in that year that I was kind of figuring it out, I, I found like the music I actually liked for the most part, which was kind of cool. Just like being by myself and digging through shit. What did you find? 
um, at that time I had found like, like, uh, blood for blood. I had found, um, like barrier. I love like Boston shit. Like I love barrier dead. Okay. Things like sure. That. Yeah. Like things and, that were just, I remember, cause I remember before I left El Paso, uh, barrier dead had come through mm-hmm. and I, I thought the camo shorts were fucking awesome. Oh, but of course <laughs> I was like, course. Oh hell yeah, this is, this is fucking sick. It's probably giving my age, but I still think they're awesome. So uh, hey man, I, that's all I wear. <laughs> Shout out. So, I mean, so what is that? That's like what? 2003, four. It was 2004. Yeah. It's kind of a weird thing. So we went to, went to Austin and then we went back to El Paso for like six months and then went, and then went back to Austin. Yeah. It was turbulent for a minute. Oh man. Okay. But in that six months I got to see, it's fun. Do you remember that band signs of hope from Connecticut? Yes, I do actually. Wow. I haven't heard that name in ages. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In like six months, I feel like I saw them like three times. So like just being like young and dumb, I was like, this is my favorite band. I mean, they were they, that. Wow, man. I have not heard that name in a really long time. Um, I remember they were like road dogs for sure. So oh, yeah. it's like, they were like really like out there. Um, so it, it kind of makes sense that you saw them like so often during that time period. Um, so, it, so it sounds like your taste is also, it's like, like you're trying to talk about whatever kind of comes, whatever's kind of comes in front of your face you're into, because like a band like barrier dead and a band like signs of hope are very different from one another. Oh yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, cause like, it's like blood for blood to barrier dead. I can kind of, I guess blood for blood is somewhere in between signs of hope and barrier dead though. Um, but yeah, 2004 big, you know, yeah. Big Boston time period. Uh, so it's like, I'm, I'm sure a lot, a lot of that stuff was, was very out there, you know, when you kind of like got back to Austin and settled in more, did you find places to go to gigs and like people to go, go with, or were you still kind of on your own? No. So yeah, that's when I went back to Austin, I kind of made it like, I'm going to figure out how to go to shows because this is what I like, you know? Right. And uh, at that time, Emo's was still on sixth street. Mm. And uh, that's where I, the first show I went to there was, it was Throwdown and remembering never in 2005. Okay. Yep. Makes sense. And that was like a great introduction to being an Austin. Like, okay, they have stuff going on. This is, this mm-hmm. is cool. Obviously at that time it was like the music capital of the world. Yeah. But definitely. being 15, I, I don't really pay attention to that shit you know well you're 15 you're not really paying attention to that stuff and it also kind of it's like depends on what kind of music you're into you know yeah um, if you're into stuff like throwdown or remembering never it's, it's like like and you can tell me i didn't know austin for like hardcore of that style or anything so it's like I, I wouldn't know if that was like big there or not i mean it definitely to me it was but probably not the the, the local population which i had the introduction to that too of being like corrected by people being like no like you should listen to this stuff or this type of um, thing you know what i mean what kind of you know which we see less of that th- these days but you know i encountered that as well as a, as a young person like what what kind of stuff are people like you should check this out what, what were they trying to put you on to the the first big one that i was put on to was bitter end like ah, that was there we and go. that was a few years later but that that band changed my life yeah like that was that was the big one iron age Mm-hmm. Like a mammoth grinder all so, those so all the hot like you know local you know for the most part stuff yeah um okay so which makes sense you know and and, and it's like uh bitter and being san antonio you know and, and like what you're when you're introduced to bitter end you're like what like how old like 16 or so i believe i was 17 okay because they start in what oh five oh five oh six i okay. know that 
trying to, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. It was, they had already started by the time I had gotten into them. And Iron Age is what, 03, I think. Um, Maybe 04, 05. Yeah, I'm trying to remember when the when the demo came out. Uh, 04, 05 actually might make sense because I think they kind of came out after Wave 1 of locking out stuff. Yeah, um, Far from breaking, and then which I think was two thousand three, maybe maybe that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, and then and then Mammoth Grinder, I'm, I I know was around them, but I, I'm not sure like when they they almost seem like a band that could have started like way before. Um, in a way, who are these people that you're meeting that are like telling you to like listen to this stuff? It was um hilarious. It's it's a thing called the Texas Hardcore Board. You know, it was like in all all the message boards. So I found out about mm. that through my through my friend Cody. Course. And uh, I was just, I remember like posting like something really lame and just getting absolutely annihilated for it, just dissected mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of words. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. my God, like I am, I am so embarrassed of my existence. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this time period very well. There was a local Richmond board like this. I got roasted on it constantly. Got, ro- you know, you, you'd probably post something on Bridge Nine sometimes, you'd be like, Hey, I think this is cool when people would be like, shut up. Like, oh, dude, how yeah. dare you like this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. I mean, it's kind of awesome because I, I, you know, I, I fuck like with it kind of. So no, I, I, I definitely fuck with it. I feel like it it definitely put me onto way better things and agreed. I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's message board stuff, and and you know, so uh you, you post on there to learn about like I mean, I, I want to say local, but Texas is so big, I guess I'll just call it regional um so you know learn about stuff on there uh and then you know people are telling you like don't listen to that garbage listen to this this isn't garbage um what so you have you met anybody at this point where you're like oh i want to like play music so and and the the two years like leading up to the texas hardcore board i met this this dude cody which Mm -hmm. he's he played and he plays in glue he plays in impalers sick yeah he lived it's kind of i guess i'll like uh i'll go back in time a little bit but when i moved to the outskirts of austin the second time i came back from el paso uh i was like more isolated than before and so my big thing was just myspace so i was like just trying to find anyone remotely close that liked music right and uh at the time the this girl that i was like kind of talking to she was like oh there's this this band that played at our youth group like you should like you should like hang out with them and I was like, yeah, totally. And so I, I found them on MySpace and they're like, oh yeah, like we're trying to like start this, this band. They were like influenced by like, I don't know if you've heard that, that slam band Wormed or like. Not, not slam is something I only kind of like discovered, uh, honestly in recent years, I didn't really like, <laughs> like no, <laughs> I didn't know much about it. Uh, you know, like, um, until like I, 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 if I said the past three years, I'd be like, uh, I think that that'd be honest. So I, I, I older slam stuff, I, I don't really know. I think my actual real introduction was that one video of that band playing Europe, Epin, Epin Dick I can't really say <laughs> yeah. that. Name. <laughs> yeah, that video is fucking awesome. So oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that video a lot. Yeah, uh, but that's kind of what I know. So sorry, I, I, I'm not familiar. No, no, it's, it's fine because at the time I wasn't either. But I, I yeah. just wanted to be in a band. Sure. So I just, I just like gotten into like the little practice space that was out in the middle of the sticks. And as fifteen to sixteen, seventeen year olds do, we were just making garbage. Oh, of course, and, make, uh, make, making one of those bands where all the songs sound different. 
Yeah, um, yeah, yep, exactly. I know but, the game. But still heavy. <laughs> yep, of course, of course. Um, so so you you do meet up with people. Now, are you playing instruments or are you doing vocals? I'm just doing vocals. Okay. So, uh, and, and you meet up with these people. What is the name of this band? I had, I had multiple names. I think the last name it landed on was Repent. Okay, not bad. Yeah. And we, yeah. Never, we never had any recordings or anything like that, but... It was one of those things where we we just liked heavy music and we had no clue what we were doing. And as soon as we started finding out that there was like a whole scene going on in 30 minutes from us, we we're like, oh, we've got to we got to figure this out, you know. And that's where just going to shows and meeting people came in. Wait, did Repent like play live or is it all just it was it just kind of practice based stuff? I think we played two shows at like this random little shed in the like in the country, like nothing just like little kid shit. Sure. Of course. Uh, well, you know, we've yeah. all been there. Yeah. What, uh, uh, you know, you say you start finding out about a scene nearby. What shows do you guys start going to and kind of like immersing yourself in? The first show that I remember going to is called the way it is fest. Mm-hmm. And I had bands like will to live pride yeah. kills. Um, a band that I really wanted to see was a band called the golden age from Corpus. Mm hmm. Um, just like a bunch of local bands and it was, it was awesome. It was, it was really, really cool. Changed my life, started meeting more people, but there was still time, you know, like being young and goofy. I was like, I just want to go to show still. I had the mentality of like, if it's heavy, it's, if it's, it's good. That was, that was my mentality. And so I would, I would go to anything from, you know, like animosity to, to like seven seconds, whatever, whatever, whatever was there. Equal opportunity, which I feel, which is interesting. I feel like the young hardcore and like the punk and like metal participant now would say the average one. That's way more how they view taking in, taking in music. I feel like it's, it, it's like kind of like gone back to like being like, Oh, I'm just kind of into like a bunch of different types of stuff. Um, so, you know, you're taking in what your equal opportunity, whatever's coming through that that's heavy, you know, fast, whatever you're, you're down. Yeah. So, you know, after repent stops, did you, were you like, I still want to do a band or did, did that kind of like, was that not as much in your head at that point? So after repent, after that ended, we started another band with, um, some other guys from Austin. It was called losing grip. I don't know if you mm-hmm. ever heard it was like back in the early, early days, but that, that's how it's familiar actually. Yeah. That's how, how I had met judge Goldie judge and, uh, and uh, cage and cage. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And, um, we uh, we had talked for a while about doing uh, something on minor at that time, mm-hmm. but just the, the band never really, you know, it was just we were young and trying to figure stuff out. Never really came to fruition. What year is this? I want to say Losing Grip started in the the end of two thousand eight, the beginning of two thousand nine. This makes sense too because I think I think Judge and Cage were like kind of like it's sort of like. It's like cages in it. I don't know if cages in swamp thing anymore at that point. And, and I think the mind rot's kind of starting around that time period. So yeah, this, this, this makes sense. How, how had you, how would you met those two? Um, I met I'm trying to think, I think I met cage and judge. I believe they came to town for chaos and Tejas. That makes sense. I think it was either that or they just came in town to visit a friend from Virginia. I don't know. Do you know Drew Schwimmer? I believe oh. he's from, he's an old yeah, the, the, the name is very familiar. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. I know who you're talking about. Okay. He, 
I, he introduced me to them. And from there we just, you know, just clicked and became friends. Sure. Um, but so that's another guy who, who really put me onto a lot of stuff was that guy drew drew. He, 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 like, oh, and, and you, you just met drew through like going to gigs or, or like, how did you kind of come across drew? Yeah. Just going to shows. He was, uh, he was always wearing like sick merch. And I was like, damn, that guy's fucking badass that type of stuff. And just got to talking about music. And he was like, Oh, you should listen to this and this and this. And that, that was probably, that's a big, a big cornerstone for me for sure. By this time, Oh, eight or so. Have you kind of like funneled what you're into more, or are you still kind of like, I'm, I'm down with it all at this point. I mean, about that point, I'm like, okay, I know what I like. I love like Marauder and like life agony and shit like that. Okay. And uh, also around that time, I think maybe it was a year later. I can't remember. Um, Tara had come through and that kind of like put me on the highway of like, okay, I know what I like. It kind of, yeah. Kind of fused me, you know. They did this thing during that time period where I feel like pre, pre, and then like right after Keepers of the Faith came out, like that little era. I feel like they were going through cities and and changing changing things for people. Oh yeah. Um, I meet a lot of people from that time period. Where they were like, I saw Terror in like oh nine, like oh eight oh nine, and like ten, and put put down whatever I had been listening to prior and started picking up the stuff that they were putting on in like their records and stuff. So that, that does make sense. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So you're, 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 you're finding yourself more into um, classic, you know, legend, hardcore, and then kind of like the, the, like uh, down the middle HC of the era, especially probably being shown stuff of like, the ilk of like bitter end and like iron age and, and things like that. Um, a, a few years prior, um, it all, it all makes sense. How long is, is losing grip like, uh, an entity for, I want to say maybe a year or two. Okay. It, it was another short lived thing. I think we put out two demos or, and, and that was it. Were you still in high school at this point? I had just graduated. I graduated in 09. What, what was your kind of, what was like your plan? Like, you know, post-school, like what, what, what were you looking to do? Oh man, I didn't really have a plan. I just coming from El Paso and like my background, my family and stuff. My whole idea was like, I gotta, I gotta get to work. Mm-hmm. And immediately after high school, I, uh, I started working in pipe yards. And so gotcha. I was, I was loading and unloading trucks all over the country, just kind of doing some general contracting work here and there. So you got, was, you got to travel a bunch. Yeah, I was traveling to like I lived in Alabama for like four or five months. I uh, lived in Wyoming for a couple weeks. Lived in East Texas for a while. I was just kind of bouncing around like little areas wherever the the work was. Very interesting. And, and, when, and did that start like immediately after school? So like in like 2010 or so? I want to say yeah. It was it was about I mean probably five months later. So so you you kind of like. You go from being in Austin and then bam, you're like kind of gone. Uh, you know, what, what was, how long did you do the, like, you know, like this pipe work, uh, like on the road like this? Um, I mean, it'd be, it'd be either weeks or months at a time, but I guess I missed a part there. There was a, a moment where my family had moved from Austin to Fort Worth. Okay. And so, um, I would, that was my home base, but I'd bounce around the, the, the States going to do work. I see. But, uh, at that time, I got introduced to the, I don't know if you're familiar with the venue, the 1919. 
Uh, Hemphill. Hemphill. Yeah, yeah, I played there. Yes, it, it's it's honestly like pretty crazy. Like I feel like when I moved to Fort Worth, like that's like it couldn't have been like a cooler time to be a part of like like that's when Power Trip was yeah. like coming up. That's I don't know if you're familiar with Human Error or oh, I know the name. Yep. Yeah, like all these bands are popping up and they're all fucking awesome. And so that was like awesome. Like I go work and I come back and be able to see these these amazing shows or they're just going nuts. Okay, so you're not like you're not away enough to where it's like impeding upon you being able to like go to gigs and be involved in the scene and things of that nature. No, not really. Um, but I imagine, I mean, like you tell me, it were like because of the nature of the job, were you like, ah, I can't really do a band right now, or were you still trying to do it? I always wanted to do it. It just, you know, like at the time it just wouldn't work out considering my, my life. It was, it was chaotic. Sure. But there, there was always the the desire to want to do it for sure. How long did you, like, like I asked earlier, how long did you end up doing this, this job like this? About two years. So about 2000, 2011 mm-hmm. was about the time I ended. And at that time, um, my brother and I were in Alabama and he was like, Hey, I'm, I'm moving to Kansas city do you want to go with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. Fuck it. I'll go to Kansas city. Was he doing the same work as you? He was. Oh, okay, cool. So you, so yeah. you got your homie there with you. Yeah. Uh, so you end up going to Kansas city. I ended up going to Kansas city for about off and on for about three years. How was that? What was kind of the, you know, like, like, like was it a big change for you or, or, you know, kind of what was the lay of the land there? Uh, at that time I felt like I had like, Oh, I found where I'm going to live just because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 21, 20 years old. And I'm thinking, you know, like, Oh, I'm here. Like I'm, I'm figuring, figuring out adulthood, you know, like I'm big boss in town. Not really. And I'm 20, I don't know shit about anything. And, uh, and so I'm like, yeah, this is, this is my city. And then, uh, yeah, three years later was not my city. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, it's like, did you just get there when you like, this seems cool. And then over time you were like, this isn't for me or, you know, like what kind of brought you away from, from it at at the Um, end of that stint? there were some family issues going on that I felt like I had to come back to Texas for. And sure. so I, I honestly just dropped everything and came straight home. Okay. So if those, if those hadn't happened, do you think you would have stayed in Kansas city? I think definitely would have stayed in Kansas city. Okay. So you liked it. You know, it, it was, I, oh. I've never been, so it's like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not familiar with kind of what the, what the vibe is like. Oh dude, it's awesome. I mean, I was there last weekend seeing some friends that I, you know, I've been friends with since I lived there 10 years awesome. ago. And, How, uh, sorry, go ahead. Hmm? no, no, you're good. You're good. I was going to know, like, like, so you, like, you made like good solid friends there, like en- enough to obviously like that they imprinted on you 10 years later. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Did, uh, did you, were you able to like catch gigs there, uh, or, or do things of that nature? Oh, definitely. I saw, um, I saw bitter end play there. saw power trip play there. saw a lot of shows, saw terror play there. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the band kicked in from Kansas city. Yes. Saw them a couple of times. Yeah. Yes. I do remember that band. Um, Yes, I know exactly what band you're talking about. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I, I think they, were they kind of associated with like the Midwest? Um, I feel like I saw them on flyers. They bands like Not Sorry and uh, a, a few of like things like in, like oddly in like Indiana and whatnot. Uh, uh, they, was Kicked in a straight edge band? Kicked in was a straight edge band. I know. Ex- I, I think they. Were, I, I could be wrong. Somebody messaged me if I'm incorrect. I think they were kind of part of the Midwest Wolfpack thing that was happening at this time. That does sound familiar. I'm not exactly sure. I think people in that would end up some people like I kind of associated that would end up being involved in like spine 
not yes. that band, but that that crowd. Tunks Tunks was in uh, Kicked In. Okay, also there we go. Plays in in Spine. There it is. Okay, because because I interviewed uh, Tony on here, and I I yeah. remember this coming up. Okay, yes. Shout out um, Tony. Shout out Tony. Uh, so you are you know experience you know you're you're able to like you know go to gigs and stuff and everything uh did you try to start a band while you were in kansas city um no i didn't i um i didn't really have like the the homies really to start a band and i don't know at the time i was thinking no i gotta be in a band with like all my friends type thing like i don't i don't want to be like in a band i don't really know anybody type thing i had like one friend i would jam with kind of play drums and we would jam in the basement of the house we lived in but it was it was never gonna go anywhere right so when you the three year stint is up, it's what 2014, 15? It is the beginning of 2014. Um let's see. Uh you in, you do this, you you in this time period, and then you go back to Texas. I do go back. I, I moved back to Austin. Um, okay, move back to Austin. Uh what you know what did you end up doing while you, while you were I mean, or what did you work as in Kansas City and then kind of what did you do when you got back to Austin so I like what I did for work yeah I was doing like con like contracting work on houses like remodeling uh demoing things like that just like odd hodgepodge jobs jumping around sure. but another thing that's funny about Kansas City is I had met uh my friend Esteban who was the original bass player for Scourge Oh. he uh we were we were crossing past one day and i was wearing a terror hoodie mm. and he was like oh dude i love terror and i was like oh that's that's awesome dude what's your name and we start talking find out he's from houston okay and so we start hanging out oh. and uh he's like do you like confusion and i was like yeah i love confusion he's like well my buddies and i are starting a band that sounds like confusion do you want to do you want to like sing on it and i was like okay well, well yeah so that was like another like small little kick in the ass to kind of get back to Texas. You know, the, uh, this makes sense too, because I always associated uh, Scourge for whatever reason with being from Houston. Oh, it's a hundred percent a Houston band. Okay. That, that's what I thought. So when you were kind of listening to all the places that you had been from, I was like, I don't think any of those are Houston. So I was like, you're curious why I, I kind of thought that, but okay. Okay. So you meet Esteban. He talks about doing a confusion style type band you get back to Austin. Did you kind of, were you doing demo work and stuff when you got back or did you find some other type of work to get into? Uh, when I got back to Austin, I started working at UPS. Okay. Uh, I was driving. Working. No, no. I was working in the warehouse, just like sweating my ass off, breaking my back every day. Yeah. I, 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 so I've had, so I've had two friends, uh, you know, like work where I have one friend that's a driver um and then i had i one friend that was doing like warehouse stuff i actually worked for ups freight for like 10 years okay um, so but i was on the i was on the corporate side and i didn't i i can't like tout that i like in, like was in like the hot terminal or whatever <laughs> um but uh uh so you end up doing that um and, and everything when you get back you know when you get back having had that that crossover path with with esteban were you like yo like i'm back here now like let's let's try to get this popping I mean, honestly, dude, I think like the week I got back to Texas, they're like, Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna record the demo here. The, here's some of the, the skeletons, if you want to like write lyrics for it. So okay. it was literally like, bam, bam, bam. We're, we're making it, we're doing it. Okay. So you get back and it's, and it, it, this is 2014 and you're like, <laughs> you're like rip rare and ready to go. 
Yeah. Okay. So when does the the demo drop? The demo dropped in 2014. It was okay. it was it was very quick. We recorded in a a little warehouse downtown Houston. Just I think it was two mics, and and that was it. We just nailed it, put it out, and then shortly shortly after we put up the the next demo. What's that drive, Austin to Austin to Houston? It's like two and a half hours. It's not okay. Bad. That's not as bad as it. I don't, I don't worry in my head. Uh, I thought it was longer, but yeah, okay. So uh, Austin to Houston. So it's like it's not not too. It's not that's not too hard of a trek for you. No, no, no. Okay. It was it was weekend warrior shit. Sure. So you get so you do do you do two demos in that first year? I, I believe it was. And I mean, I don't think the next one came until 2015, but it was it was pretty close back to back. What was the strategy with that? Um, I honestly don't know. <laughs> okay. I, the thing was, I think the the first recording, we were like, okay, we can like do it better, and we re-recorded three old songs and then put two old ones or put two new ones. Sorry, got it on okay. on it, and just wanted to have a little bit cleaner, even though it just still came out as like sounding like a really obscure '80s, early '90s New York hardcore demo. That's good with what you're going for, though. So it's like fine. Yeah, um, yeah, that was the whole goal. I mean, the whole point with Scourge was honestly like those other guys like Carson and, and, and Jacob are in Narrowhead, mm-hmm. And so this, this was like the side project. Like, this is like, you know, it's never going to be like a, a huge thing. We're just doing this. It's like fun. Which I was, I was like, yeah, it's fucking badass. Let's do it. Wait, was Narrowhead a band that far back? Yeah. I want to say their demo came out in or EP maybe in 14 or 15. I had yeah. no idea. That is yeah. why I feel like I started hearing about them like maybe five years ago. No, um, yeah. They've been around for a minute interesting okay so you you know you guys do this this is a side thing for them uh yeah. but it, it, it's it's your deal what you know when you uh you know and kind of start this up what's the first score show first the first show actually was in fort worth of 1919 cool and um i think i can't really remember i think pulled underplayed it mm-hmm. if i remember correctly Ah, uh, that was so long ago. I can't remember. But the first we played three songs. It was Sick. it was quick, and it was kind of like a you know last second. Like, hey, do you want to play the show? We had just just put the demo on. I was like, yeah, sure, let's fucking do it. That's how it's always been. It's just like, do you want to do this? Yeah, let's let's do it. Like the word okay. "no" is not really in the dictionary for for scourge. I like that as it should yeah. be. Um, so you know, you guys now, you know, at this point, you know, you've been around. You've gone to like shows in different places because you traveled a lot. Uh, you know, I imagine this is the first band that you're in that ends up doing like, like any type of like touring. Yeah. When does that start? Um, the first tour we did was in 2016 mm-hmm. and it was with dress code. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And that was, uh, I think we did like two and a half, almost three weeks on the East coast. Okay. So you, you did like, something pretty extensive. Yeah. All right. Uh, so you, you get out there. How was that? How was that experience for you? You know, you, at this point you've been around hardcore for a while, like it's your first tour, like, you know, like what, what was kind of your feelings and like, how were the shows? Oh dude, it was fucking awesome. Like I couldn't, I couldn't really like imagine a better first tour really. Hell yeah. Um, got to meet a lot of cool people, got to see a lot of places I hadn't seen. But like mostly it was just like any anytime someone show up, they're like, damn, that's crazy that like you even know who we are. Cause considering we have two demos that sound like it was they're recording the toaster, you know? 
when uh so you do this it's successful it's fun like you know when does the first record come out like the 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 first seven inch yes i think it was fuck i think my, my lines are getting all drawn here i want to say 16 okay so so not too far after you did this tour or during or maybe it was during or something it might have been right before i it's kind of come i have a bad memory i think it might have been like either right before maybe after i don't know it was 2016 i know that that year all right so so you know like and this is your first record you've done oh this is the first physical copy i get to hold in my hands and i am so juiced so of course dude it's it's an amazing feeling you do this uh you know that comes out you you do like you know do the tour you know whatever um you know when you come back to you know you come back to texas are you like yo i'm still it's like you know like did you get kind of like 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 uh did you get kind of bitten by like the bug when you're like i want to do more you know what have you or is the kind of thing where you were like i understand that narrowhead is like these guys main thing and i'm just i'm fine with just what we're doing right now I think it was a little bit of both. Okay. Like, like I def obviously like, I think any, any dude would be like, yeah, I want to do more, but mm-hmm. considering, you know, I had, I had to work and I had just all, like, you know, responsibilities at home. I know I couldn't just become like a full touring band, sure. but I knew that I was like, okay, if I can get like two to three weeks a year mm-hmm. of touring, I'm good. Yeah. I mean, I think that's solid, honestly. Oh dude. Um, no more, no more. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you're able to like, it, like space it out, you know, what have you, you can kind of like, uh, strategically do it in a way where you can cover a lot of ground. Um, so, you know, what, what was sort of next for you? It's like a score just starting like solid. What's, you know, like, you know, you, you got wax out there, you know, it's like you're, you're working UPS, what is kind of the next the next uh chapter for Seth at this point? Well, so after that tour, I came back to Austin and surely it's, it's gonna sound crazy. After that, I moved back to Fort Worth in 2016. Okay. Okay. And uh and that was mostly my own doing. I was just making really bad decisions while living in Austin mm-hmm. and um just like not not taking care of myself. And uh I was like, okay, like I gotta all my family still lives in, in Fort Worth. And so, uh, for a few months, I was just like riding the couch at my sister's and at my mom's and just trying to figure it out, try to get back on my feet. And, um, so yeah, I came back to Fort Worth and then I think, yeah, after that, my dad was like, Hey, I'm going to move back to Fort Worth. And so we, we got, we had got a place together and that's when like the the next stuff or skirt started kind of, kind of started to unroll. And and that's what what year would you say seventeen eighteen It's two thousand sixteen. It's like Wait, right so it's after all sixteen. Wow. Okay. Yeah, sixteen was fifteen. Sixteen were fucking crazy years, but it was a uh, very much like bang bang bang. What was the next? Like you know, you say you and your dad moving together. What was the next step for Scourge uh, after that point? So after that, we we started writing more songs and we recorded um, Condemned. Okay. And that, we we sat on that one for I want to say like a year and a half almost two years maybe but we were we were still just playing shows just just you know just rocking out are you doing more like just like stuff like in texas or or are you able to like kind of like get out like on the road at all during this time period we did another tour in 2017 we did another east coast run with kept in line and time walk okay okay yes yes yeah and that was that was a really great tour we 
we uh actually funny enough we played magnitude's first show in, in oh, north wow. carolina which was fucking awesome look at that, that. was like what, what city was that in that was in uh is, is durham no it was in chapel hill it was in chapel okay hill. was it uh what um hold up one five six was it like a was it like a, a there's like a place where there's like a bar in the front and then like the stage is it's like in the back yeah i guess so it's like the let me walk in like the yeah that's exactly what it is yeah. i know the exact venue you're talking about um yeah. that's a pretty it's a that's a nicely sized venue like i think, oh, I think dude, it's like a 150 it was, cap or something like that yeah it was um, really awesome so i'm looking here uh yeah. and and, and I, I feel like maybe spotify is incorrect because you because you said the the seven inch spiritual despair that comes out in 16 spotify for whatever reason is 18 um did did condemn come out in 19 or did it come out earlier i think condemn came that came out in 19 it might have come out in 18 dude i might in my memory is shit it's all good uh how had the and you did that tour in 17 how had the locking out relationship started um pretty much through riley okay that makes sense yeah so um i don't know the, the full story really but i remember um I mean, that's, I mean, to, I don't know if you're familiar with back to back. Oh yeah. Of course. Uh, they, uh, they had done a record with, with Greg and, and locking out and Chaney plays guitar who, who sang in, and back to back plays guitar and scourge. But, um, it was always like, dude, it'd be so sick to be able to do something with, with Greg and, and get that lock, you know? And oh, so, yeah. um, I'm pretty sure it, it was Riley who was like, Hey, you should check out this band. And, uh, yeah, we just, we started rolling right recorded sent up to greg and that was that there it is and, and, yeah. and thus the main the relationship has been maintained today because we'll, we'll get into the lp and everything um so you know you 17 do the tour like you know mm -hmm. right somewhere in there you know passes along the information and and potentially condemn comes out either the year after or uh, two years later uh yeah uh i think it was 19 now i'm thinking back i think it was 19. 19. so yeah. kind of like 17 18 away from that that uh that one tour with like time walking and everything what you know what are what's going on in, in your life kind of like away from music like you know what are you doing in this time period uh 17 18 i was working as a custodian at the community college as well as going to classes okay and then work, nice. working at a coffee shop doing some some side hustling just okay. just trying to figure it out in fort worth sure um I mean, I was, I was really what was just playing with school. Um, with school, I wanted to be, I wanted to like, just learn history. That's always been my, my thing. I, I love history. I'm a history nerd. And I was never really a good student in high school. Like I, I quote unquote became homeschooled my junior year, but oh, re nice. really I just dropped out and read books. Like Got that's it. literally the gist of it. Um, and so later on, I was like, you know what? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta figure this out. You know, I gotta, everyone went to school. Maybe I should go to school. And so I go to school. I'm a terrible student. Didn't work out great, but this, this your story is similar to many. So, um, you know, I, I, I see that that often. What kind of history stuff were like, you know, like what, like what's like an era that you were like really into? Oh man. Any kind of, you know, ancient era i'm really into like greek history greek mythology mm -hmm. roman history um really into like the, the crusade eras i mean it's really i mean if you put it in front of me i'm probably going to read it and really love it 
are are you like uh so when it comes to your reading or are you just are you more of like a non-fiction person or, or or do you find yourself gravitating towards any kind of fiction at all um i like some sci-fi a little okay. bit but okay. uh no mostly it's non-fiction like i i just have a hard time like I, I, like i like i like the book annihilation um book. yes uh dune's a great book mm-hmm. you know things like that but mostly it's just like i want to read a history book just because i mean i feel like those stories are just interesting interesting themselves sure of course i was just curious kind of, you know kind of like like where like academically because it's like i i have this like weird relationship with the concept of like education in school where it's like i think it's very important but at the same time it's like ah like the structure of this stuff doesn't really like there are very smart people that are just not going to do well and this like they, they can't practice it's like hard to practically apply their intelligence to this type of setup yeah so i was just kind of curious you know like kind of where your head was at and everything uh with you know your time in school so like you know you're a custodian there do, do you end up like like do you like drop out or like what was kind of like what do you end up doing so for the next two i, I'm, I think i started school in 2018 mm-hmm. um for the next two years i could only go part-time and so I was, I was just working so much and then, uh, COVID happens. And so I, I have to drop out of school. Cause I, I just, I can't do online stuff. Sure. Like that just, that makes no sense to me. I mean, I understand sure. there's people like, Oh no, I thrive in that situation. But for me, like I have to be in there so I can ask questions and like talk to the professor and yada, 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 yada. Gotta be, gotta be tactile. I get it. I get it yeah. for sure. I essentially quit a job I had during that time period because i was like i cannot i do not want to do this remotely um and switch to something that was like more in the field type situation so i i get it for certain um so you know COVID happens you know what it kind of like you know it's like what did scourge been kind of doing you you released a record in 2019 did you guys have plans in 2020 or 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 what so we did a small little run in the Northeast at the beginning of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think it was dress code scourge again and guts from Houston. Cool. And uh, we played a couple shows up there and uh, we ended at evil beat two. And pretty much that's when COVID hit for me. I got so sick at evil beat two. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and after that it was, you know, next thing you know, is the, the, the news is, you know, COVID's here, yada, yada, yada. So music, you know, for everybody just stopped. And so Scourge didn't have any kind of plans other than just trying to, you know, anyone else, you know, like, what are we going to do? What did you end up doing? The first thing we did was we did a live tape in Houston um, in September of 2020, I believe. Cool. And um, yeah, that was, that was it for that year. I what mean, were you what were you doing away from music oh dude i was uh in 2019 this is gonna sound so terrible in 2019 or 18 sorry i also got into like mma and muay thai and stuff and so that that was like my addiction like that is nice. what i wanted that was what i wanted yeah. to do like that was like my focus on a lot like my whole life was kind of revolving around that i know um, i know a lot of people where it's that but like they get into that like muay thai jiu-jitsu and whatever and that's how that's what it becomes like you know oh dude it's it's amazing i'm so thankful for that but in 2020 the 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 muay thai gym i was going to um they they just closed the doors like we're not we're not doing anything and i was just like damn okay well i can't not do this right now and so i just did some uh some digging and i found some gyms that would uh 
still hold classes. So I went to Ooh. those. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, you get it how you can then, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so you, so you found something, which is awesome. You found something to do to kind of like keep you sane during, yeah. during that time period. Um, and then you, you had done this, the live scorch tape with, you know, uh, in, yeah. in September, um, you know, 2021, mm-hmm. uh, you know, shows start popping up in the back half of the year, but like what, you know, were you still just kind of doing the same thing at the beginning? Had you guys gotten together to do any kind of writing or anything like, like what was going on? So when we did the live tape, we had put a, a song on there. That's now on the LP. Uh, we put medit- we had written meditation that weekend cool. and, um, we, I mean, pretty much as soon as shows started happening, man, we were like, yeah, let's, let's get after it. We really didn't waste much time. Good. What was the first show back for you guys? It was, I want to say it was either July 11th or September 11th. I can't remember, but it was, it was Scourge, The Pose's last show, Dress Code. Fuck, who else played that? I want to say, oh man, that was, see, my memory is so shitty. Um, I know, I know it was The Pose's last show. I, but, I'm not. I'm not familiar. Tell me about the pose. Oh man, the pose is just like Japanese hardcore worship. Like you, you would probably really like it. Yeah, I probably would. No, 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 no Sentinel. You'll probably really like yeah. it a lot. Yeah. If, so what? I mean, like, what are we? Are we, it's like, I mean, are we talking? I was kind of like, when it comes to Japanese hardcore, I kind of put into two camps. Is it? Is it more like like Gizm style, or is it more like Burning Spirits, like Chelsea style type stuff? Um, I, w- I'm definitely more like burning spirit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's I, I'm more into that than, than the gizm side of like uh, of things. Um, I, like, you know, like, I could talk Japanese hardcore for a bit. Uh, I think, I think one thing bands that do, uh, that style, uh, I, I like when they lean bastard and I like when they lean like judgment and yeah. that side and stuff. Once it kind of gets into like, the noisy, like the disclose, I'm, I, I like kind of like st- I step off the train. Um, so whenever people start talking about it, I, I always got to ask them like, Oh, it's like, like kind of like what, what vibe? Yeah, that's um, fair. But cool. So the pose, I'll check it out. Yeah. No, uh, I'll send you a, a, a blink or something, please. Uh, yeah. so they, you know, you play their last show. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, something that's interesting about, about scourge is this, and I don't know if it's just by design of like what scenes you guys were around and everything. I feel like y'all end up playing with like very punk lineups, despite like, I wouldn't do like, like scores is pretty heavy. Yeah. Uh, by comparison. And I've always found that very interesting. It's like, you'll be like the one band on a lineup that is not a definitively punk band. And I, and that happens pretty often. I feel like, Oh Yeah. There was a there was a little saying in Texas for a while. It was like scourge, like bring like bridges the gap between hardcore and punks. Yes, I could see that. I could see. Yeah, that. But, but I almost don't even like hear it. Like maybe in your early recordings, I hear it a little more sonically. But on like the the most recent LP, it's like you know I'm like I'm like oh it's like I like it, it just sounds like hardcore to me. You know, yeah. almost more like metal leaning. Uh, especially actually, I was talking about this with Sam uh, before we started recording. Uh, my favorite thing y'all have done is the seven inch before uh, the LP, the hardcore oh, of your ass seven. Hardcore of your ass. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, like, like the the song metal up your ass is like you know it, it's a mashathon for me. Uh, 
you know, I fucking love that song. Um, damn, I'm actually like really excited. I'm actually, I, I gotta ask you about that song. I'm so glad we're nope. like, we're talking about this. Um, uh, we'll, we'll get to it. Uh, so, so w- is that on purpose or did you guys just end up being like, well, these are our friends bands. So this is who we play with. Uh, pretty much who our friends. Yeah. I mean, okay. like, I mean, pretty much like Texas hardcore. I mean, it's just, it's just like a compared to like the rest of the state. I feel like it's, it's pretty unique in the styles that, that are yeah. played here. Like we have very mixed bills. We have very metal leaning bands mm-hmm. that, I mean, I, maybe I'm just being a bias, but like no other bands sound like bands from Texas. I'm maybe I'm no. being biased. I mean, so there will be people. Okay. This is, this is how I define Texas. There are bands out there that if you took them and put them in Texas, it would like make sense. But the bands that are from Texas itself, like you could, I can almost like someone can show me one and I could ask like, this band sounds like they're from Texas. Like I, I would like prompt that, you know, but like, um, I don't know if we're talking about contemporary, like hardcore metal, like, like a band, like, like you could give me a list of bands and I could probably point out the ones be like, this band will probably do good there. This band will probably do good there. You know, like, like kind of like anything that kind of has like the crossover lean yeah. or like the, like a more, a more like traditional metal lean. Um, and then the stuff that's like, like DB oriented, you yeah. know, I, I'd be like, yep. Like that could play with Vasca, no problem. Like, you know, this band could play with Fugitive, no problem, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, I, I, I like the flavor and I'm through talking to you. I'm kind of learning about kind of like how, how it's kind of meshed. Um, So you play that gig and then, you know, were you guys like, all right, like we can play gigs again. Let's just jump right on this. Or the guys in Narrowhead, like, well, now that gigs are back, we got to kind of focus on this. Um, I think it was like a little bit of both. I mean, I knew Narrowhead needed to get back on the road. You know, that's their, that's their, their livelihood. And yeah. And so, I mean, I don't know, like Scourge has always had plenty, like, you know, it's not like a thing, like I'm taking the back seat or anything, but it's like, we always want to play Scourge shows when we can, you know, it's never been, Oh, we gotta, we gotta do this. Or like, Oh, we got to plan for that. It's just like, Hey, let's do this now. Or we'll wait, you know, it's never been like too crazy, but and that time, we we start. I think we played like several shows, like pretty much back to back, and it it was. I mean, it was. I'm sure as you as you know. I mean, it was the best feeling to get to back playing shows. Like you be back playing shows, and everybody's excited, and there's all uh, these new people, and uh, oh, dude, yeah, crazy. We're still seeing. I, it, it's crazy. I keep waiting for it to kind of like taper off, but I think we're still even seeing like like some post lockdown like effects from of like people like still being excited and and it being like new to like people and stuff Um, i mean think of all the young kids that were you know stunted from all that bullshit Mm -hmm. and they look on tiktok and they see something that resonates within their soul and they're like oh i feel that way i have got to be a part of that yep i mean just seeing a video where you're like i've never if you're a kid during lockdown you're like i've never seen anything like that like what yeah. is that? And then you have the opportunity to go like experience it in person. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm sure that there's it, it's a feeling that will be hard to replicate. Okay. Um, so this is 2021. You play several gigs, kind of towards the end of the year uh, and everything, you know. And th- and then like it's like things kind of start, uh, you know, formulating for your like next releases because. Uh, I want to say that seven, yeah, that well, that seven inch comes out in 2021, the single. 
Yeah. How, you know, what, what was that? Was that kind of just like, all right, like we can play gigs now. Let's, let's put this out there. Like what was the planning around that? I think in February of 2021 is when we started getting together to, to get that, to get that all written. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, that kind of ties in with like metal up your ass. We, um, we were like, okay, we're going to put like out, you know, nothing too crazy, not an LP. We're not ready for an LP yet. Like we don't have the material for it yet, but we'll do two songs and a cover. And so we're, we're trying to toss around ideas and, um, Wade Allison from iron age. Mm-hmm. He, p- before he had passed, he was saying, Hey, you guys, you guys should put out something and call it hardcore up your ass. Basically like tip tipping to metal up your ass, which is the, the yeah. cover by band executioner. Okay. So, okay. So this is something that I was confused about. So that, that song's a cover. It's a cover. So I thought because it sounds like Metallica and the original name for kill them all being metal up your ass. I was like, I was like, Oh, this, does this have something to do with Metallica? No, not, I mean, okay. at least not to my knowledge, maybe, maybe for the band, but. Oh, whoa. Okay. Yeah. So this, this is dude, this is super interesting to me right now. All right. So do you know anything about metal up your ass? Like the album as in Metallica? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, okay. I mean, not like well versed in it, but yeah, I'm, I'm aware. You know, it was like, th- that was the original name. And then, uh, it, it, it or like one of their releases and then like, I, I can't remember. It's like, uh, like there's a shirt for it and a record cover, but like, I think Megaforce was like, yo, we can't put out a record called this. Like, it, it's like, it's not gonna, it's like a little too, a little too abrasive. And then they, they switched yeah. it up. I I'm getting probably part of that story incorrect, but there was a switch up where it was like, we can't, we can't name it this or whatever. Okay. So now I got to find out about executioner because I like that song so much. Um, what's the, t- talk to me about Executioner. So Executioner is the band before Obituary. It was the, Whoa. it was the Tardy brothers. And I believe Trevor from Obituary it was their, uh, it was like their, their adolescent band. And, so uh, sick. Oh dude, that song. I mean, the original version is so fucking badass. I'm going to find it. I, I, I had, the thing is when I heard it, I was like, man, this sounds kind of like a cover. And I know about the Metallica link to this name, but I've never heard Metallica play a song. I was even, dude, I was even Googling. Like at that time, I was like, is there a Metallica song called Metal Up Your Ass? Like I was like <laughs> looking that up or whatever. Okay, I'm gonna have to check this shit out because I rock with that 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 cover very hard. And you know, Wade also ended up, did he end up writing a song on that seven inch as well? He wrote the the main riff in Old God's Return. Okay. And how how would that was he just said, come to you guys? and was like, Hey, I got this riff. You guys should use it. How did that come about? Uh, as I think what the story goes is we were, uh, we're talking about doing the, the full length. And so Jacob had gotten with, with Wade saying, Hey, like I want to help me write some songs pretty much. And they, they gotten, gotten to the jam space with, with Jared Wade's brother. And they just, they kind of started riffing out, came out and came out with that riff and, Pretty much after that, he was like, "Yeah, you guys should cover Executioner, but call the call the the seven inch hardcore up your ass." Which I I love it, dude. I, yeah. I fucking love it. Uh, yeah, that I, I that's that is my favorite. I like the LP a lot. That seven inch just ticks a lot of boxes for me. It's got some weight action on it. I like that cover. Uh, I like the name. So it's it's. I, I was I was always like once I heard that I was like, 
uh, dude, that might have been in my top 10 that year. I probably was. Um, Thank you. But, uh, okay, so you put that out. Greg Greg puts that one out for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, comes out, I'm imagining, like, later in the year. Uh, what, you know, you get into kind of 2022. Um, fugitive happens in 2022. Yes? Yes. Yes. How did that come together? Uh, so during 2020, I, I met Blake years ago, just like from when I I'd originally moved to Fort Worth in the 1919 days. Mm-hmm. And, um, but during 20, I want to say like 2019, 18, maybe 2019, we, we started to get closer as friends. And then 2020, when everything happened, you know, all the awful shit happened with Riley, yeah. you know, just the world is, the world is upside down. And so that whole year, I mean, Blake and I just rode bikes around the city, just like didn't have a lot going on. We're like, well, let's just ride the bike, like ride, ride bikes today. So we would do like 10 hour bike rides around the city. It was, and so like yeah. one day during 2022, we were at, where were we? I think we were at this place called the Trinity College here in Fort Worth and we were having breakfast and he was like, Hey, would you be interested in starting another band? And prior to that, you know, like there's narrowhead going on, there's dress code going on. Like everyone, everyone I band had already had multiple bands going on. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I had kind of wanted like, yeah, I'd like to do another band too. Like something a little different kind of, kind of test myself and. Uh, when he had mentioned to me, I was like, yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Like, what do you have in mind? And so we just started brainstorming a little bit. And I want to say like, it was either that night or the next day he was like, Hey, I had these three songs written, check them out. Fucking crazy. I mean, he's, he's a goat. So that makes sense. Oh man. He's, he's a absolute beast of a human. Um, so he's into these tracks and you know, they've got the Blake sauce with them Mm -hmm. and what have you. Uh, and you know, he's like, you know, like, Hey, I got them. Like, let's go. Did you guys like get to recording really quickly? Or like, how did it, how did it kind of come together? We, um, no, we, so what we do is we, after we had him done, we went to his house and we just started demoing vocals over, uh, you know, some like garage band program songs and mm-hmm. kind of started getting all the phrasing done, the lyrical content done. And then, uh, soon after that, we, we got into the studio. I think it was, I want to say we talked about it in February and we started tracking either in, Maybe it was March. It was it was that summer, mm-hmm. and uh, got it going. And then our first show was was Wrecking Ball in Dallas. It was it was oh another, yeah, looked yeah. fire. Oh dude, it was it was crazy. I mean, up until that point, that was the that was the biggest show I've ever played. It I mean, was, for real that that is that event is something that every time I see the lineup, I'm like, fuck, I want to play this. Like it, it's like I really like what the Frozen Soul people have done with oh, that yeah, event in general. Doing a great job. Um. But uh, yeah, that one's really badass. Uh, so yeah, and and like that's like the cover, like on the back of the, the back of the uh, twenty bucks spin seven inches, like a picture from that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. So how did like you know did did Blake kind of get the relationship going with Dave twenty buck or or like kind of how did that how did that come about? You know, I'm I'm actually not exactly sure about all that. I just remember one time we were we were in the car having coffee, just talking. He was like, "Hey, we're about to get on a call with Dave from Twenty Buck." And I was just like, okay, sick. And then we just got to talking about it. And that I mean, that was pretty much it. I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of information on that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's like, I'm a big fan of like stuff that, that, that label puts out. Oh, so great yeah, it really is. And, uh, so it was like when, uh, when I saw that, I was like, ah, it's a solid match. Like, that's really good. Um, 
So, you know, that comes out and it, and it, and it gets, it like gets a lot of attention and a lot of love as it should very quickly. Um, you know, so like, you know, uh, and I, I think it's like, yes, there's aspects where it's like, you know, like members, members of type band, but also the music's really good. So, you know, you guys get offers for like gigs. I imagine fairly quickly after that first show. Yes. Okay. Um, how, how many shows has Fugitive played at this point? Ooh. Would you say, is it more than 10 or less? It's more than 10. Okay. I want to say maybe upward of 15. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cause I know you did wrecking ball. I know you, yeah. you, you and scourge did, uh, sound of fury this year. I know you did I yeah. know Fur- fugitive did LDB. Um, yeah. and then, uh, what was the, uh, this is also not that great. We did. This is also not that great. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the, uh, uh, did you do a new, you did a New York one of some sort. We, we played at the, at what's it called? Uh, St. Vitus. Yes. In new York. One of my favorite yeah. venues in the world. That was, that was a very fun and very cold show. What's, but, what was the lineup on that? It was, um, it was Ikulu. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, Infandis. And mm. what was, I think that, there was one opener, which is it's it's escaping me, but that was an interesting night for Ikulu because uh, Chris, you know the, the singer of Ikulu, he yeah, Alex filled in for him, and then I, I'm not sure the guy's name from um, from Combust, but he also sang some songs. Andrew, yeah, he yeah. my my, and my that, good that boy, was mm-hmm. badass HC shit. Like that was so sick. Yeah, well, it, it was like I mean, I, I guess Ikulu was done. Uh, uh, it, it was there was this time period where like I, I think like they weren't per- there that was unexpected that like wasn't supposed to happen and they kind of did something last minute and then i think alex was doing it for a bit yeah he, he might have done the japan tour and stuff yeah um and then Con- you know connor's back in texas uh yeah. so I, I he i talked to him at ldb the one that we were both at and he yeah. said somewhere he was like i'm moving back to texas and he's like i'm gonna make a new band when i get there so uh hopefully Dude. he does that connor's um, so sick kind of rocks big big fan uh so you know fugitive getting a lot of attention you know what have you but at the same time scourge releases an lp this year yeah you know how talk about kind of like you know like long time coming scourge started in in what 20 2014 uh, 14 so almost 10 years later yeah you get you get the lp yeah um you know talk to me about kind of like recording process writing process you know like release you know like how did this all how did this one go so to speak so from what i remember we were like jacob and carson had come to town i think cheney had come to but we were we were jamming out at at, uh the ozone's practice space like writing songs like trying to figure out the lp and jacob was he was cooking for for the year prior just like writing songs getting stuff done Jacob. And I believe it was in is he February. originally from is Jacob originally from Virginia? No, J- no, so that's Jake Cloud. He's the, yes. the new bass player. Yeah, he's from the beach. Yes, he is. Okay. okay. I, was, I was like, I was like, there's a, some kind of VA connected scourge. And okay, it's Jake. All right, gotcha. All right. Yeah, but no, great dude. Shout out Jake. Love you, bro. Mm-hmm. But we um I think we started tracking that and fuck, when do we dude? My memory is so bad. Yeah, um, I, I was, I think it was right after 
we had finished Hardcore Purass. We started recording that here in Fort Worth with with Rubio. Cool. And uh, yeah, we just we got after it, and they I think they had finished tracking all the music within a weekend, maybe or a week. Wow. Hell it yeah, was, love it, love when somebody does a good ass record in a short period of time. It, I do. They they got in there and just got it done. I remember like coming in a few days later, and like, okay, we're almost done. Do you have lyrics? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, to- totally. Love it, <laughs> no. dog. But um, we um, we got to work, and then for the next couple months, Ruby and I would meet up at like midnight and just track vocals in the studio for like three or four hours at a time. And I think it was like almost shit. I don't remember how long it was. Like I want to say within almost a year, it was we sat on it. Maybe it was like eight months. Oh, so you you sat on it for a while. We sat on it for a minute. Yeah. What was the reasoning? Uh, it was mastering and remastering. So we had had it mastered mm-hmm. once, and then. They're like, uh, we're gonna remaster it to do it. Maybe give it a different different touch. And so we did, did that. You, in, did you use different people or was it with the same person? Same person. Who who ended up mastering it? Uh Rubio. Okay, so Rubio. he so he was doing everything in-house. Yes. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He and uh, he and this and this guy named Slade. Okay. Um I think Slade just like did the the drum tracks. He did I, I don't know. I'm I'm stupid. But uh Rubio um yeah, he got back to it, got it all done. And during the the time we were in in Europe doing a, a little tour with Distort, uh, he would he would send us tracks like, okay, here's like the the latest update on the master. Oh, so you go, you guys go to Europe? Yeah, we did a European tour in 2022. Very sick. Okay, yeah. well, how long how long was that for? That was three weeks. Very, oh, wow, a, a nice one. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was it was a proper European tour. Hell yeah! Okay. But, oh, uh, and yeah. so so Rubio's working with it, master remaster. Yep. Okay. Okay. And and so then even even after the remaster though, with, like you know, you guys sit on it for how long? Uh I think I mean we put it out when it was September. I can't October? remember what what month of this year. Well, like no, the LP comes out this year. Oh, it was this year. That's right. Um, yeah. Fuck it. My memory. It was this summer. Yeah, it was the summer. But let me right. see. Let me see. So brain dead. Uh, hold on. I'm gonna do the work. Uh, it says March. March. There we go. Not even summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, summer time. Yeah. Dude, okay. my, so. I'm. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all no. I love that. It's all good. All right. So March. March. It comes out. Um. The 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 obituary hardcore record. Um. <laughs> But I, I've heard of, of Scourge referred to as the obituary of hardcore. Um, <laughs> I love that. Uh, no, that's yeah. You, you haven't heard that before? Uh, I've, I've heard being like, oh, you sound like John Tardy. I'm like, that's that's sick. Hell yeah. You do, but you sound more like that on the newest Fugitive. Okay. You sound more it. like on those two new Fugitive songs, um, specifically Standoff. Okay. I was like, yo, somebody told me that Party was on the track. I'd be like, yes, I I hear it. Um, I'll take guys. So yeah, not a not a bad place to be. No. Um, but uh, okay, so this comes out this year. What did y'all do right after it came out? Did you like have like record release stuff planned or like or, or touring? Like, what was the next move? So after that, we I know this is on par. We did a release show about two months later in nice. Houston, and oh, yeah. uh, it was awesome. We played. Uh, with oh yeah, stories. videos from that look cool. It was it was a weird venue, and also like just like 
you know, the new, the new crop of kids coming in and kind of getting acquainted with, with heavy music. I would, I would say. I, I uh, liked how the venue looked. I hadn't seen it before. The end. It's a, it's called. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty sick. It's just, it's just like oddly laid out, but, uh, the, it was, the one it, Houston venue I know is the 1810 location. Ojeman. 1810. That, that might be, that might be for a local. I'm not. Okay. Yeah. See, okay, that doesn't gotcha. Ever lived in Houston? Yeah, you're not. You're like you're like I'm not. Again, which is so interesting to me because I was like, yeah, score it's Houston. So yeah. like, it, it is a Houston. Like, um. Okay. Okay. So so you play this spot. It's it's chill. Um. It, and you said it was like y'all on Distort. Distort played it day by day. Played it. Sick. Um. The band from Houston, which I'm sure you've heard at this point, Mexican Co. Played it. Love. Them. Yes, they're, they're they're wild kids, man. With the gun and shit, yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah, fuck dude. with it. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, and then uh, a band called Burning, which is the guy who recorded both Fugitive and, and Scourge's band. Okay, cool. Uh, which, cool. if you like 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 Morbid Angel, you'll probably probably like it a lot. Okay, sick. Yeah. Um, so you you guys you you know you do that you do the record release show. Was was there any other gigs or was it just a one? I believe it was after that we we were getting ready for for Sound and Fury. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Fugitive and Scourge play Sound and Fury. How how was it for you guys? You know, you, oh, you get to do two bands, you get to front two bands on the festival. How's that going for Seth? I mean, I won't lie, I was I was pretty stressed out about that. Just because <laughs> just, I mean they're just two totally different bands, like like phrasing wise and vocal. I mean, sure. vocals a little bit same, but like I have to I have to change it up a little bit between the bands. Just okay. because it was more you know spitting. But yeah, I'm about to say it's like it's like you can tell it's you from both bands, but it, Scourge is laid out differently. Yeah, for sure. But uh, it was it was dude, it was honestly like amazing. Like I have gone through you know my whole twenty like watching videos from Sound and Fury, never getting to go, um, and just be like, damn, that'd be fucking awesome to play that. And then you know, ten years later, or so I'm, I'm playing, and I'm like, damn, this is this is like surreal a little bit. You know, like my, I name, my name was playing the long game. Oh, dude, big long game. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I guess better late than never. But no, I love the long game, dude. I'm still waiting to come up. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I feel you. No, it, it's so. Uh, yeah, that's that's. I, I, I watch videos from it and like saw pictures of y'all. And you know, be that I'm like a big fan of like both these bands. I was like, oh, like so sick. Like I'm glad that like looked good. Which did you have a favorite of the two of the two sets? Oh man, they're just it's uh, for for Scourge. It was like for me, and I don't want to sound like a like a fucking asshole, but it was like finally, like mm-hmm. we're getting a little bit of national attention somewhere. Yeah. Just like that's like just, that's like more your baby. I feel like because it's you've been with it so long, for sure. For sure, I would mm-hmm. say that's my my labor of love, if if you will. Mm-hmm. But um, but then again, like the, the fugitive set was like it was overwhelming. Like I, I didn't know what I'm with the fugitive shows. I still never know what to expect because it's still so, and it's still in its genesis. Like we barely have, have any of them like not been sick though. No, all of them have been pretty fucking bad at that. That's what I'm saying, man. I was like, I yeah, don't know but, if you got to worry about that one, dog. But it's still one of those things. Like, damn, like this is. It's just a little surreal, I guess you'd say. Yeah. But um, but yeah, no, both both awesome and they're and they're in different ways. Yeah. Um, cool. I mean, it was just like I was I was really amped to see that and 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 everything. So you you did that this past summer. Yeah. Um, 
and and everything and then you know like what's let's see that was only like a few months ago what what's kind of like next up for well when you so fugitive does release this year as well the uh the seven inch of the yeah. like the single yes what was kind of the plan with that was just like hey we got a couple more songs let's drop them or is are these going to be like on a, like an lp later like what was kind of the plan with these uh with these were just kind of keep the ball rolling just like we that. we had them in the in the tank and just figured we would put them out and we also were like oh you know like we, we should probably do a video with it just just something to, to do and not you know, we don't need to write a, an LP the first year of, of being a band. Yeah. So, well, you don't, you don't want to like go like, like I'm doing a visual thing. You know, you don't want to like, like peak really high and then just drop like an LP. And then after that, it's like, okay, like what, what now? Yeah. You know, like do another one. And, and we've only been a band for like a two years type situation. Like exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that's, that's a good strategy. Those are like my, I think those are my favorite fugitive songs too. Dude, thank you. Um, yeah they're they're really really fire um so that comes out keep the ball ball rolling what is next for cool music video of course uh what's next for for both bands as of right now so scourge from what i've I've been hearing is that there's there's a little bit of writing going on so so that's that's starting to roll off again um as as regard for shows i think we're going to be we won't be playing shows, I think, till next year. I think we're playing okay. playing January. I think the next because Narrowhead go leaves for tour. I think, I think this weekend. But yeah, I know they got something coming up because I'm not doing the Richmond gig, but I I know that they're they're doing one at the warehouse. So I, I know that's coming up. I know that they'll yeah, be on the soon. Yeah, they'll be gone for like a month, and then after that, it's it's holidays and and what have yeah. you. Sure, but, sure. Um, Fugitive, we're playing Wrecking Ball next weekend. Hell yeah, week. gonna be yeah, fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have we have a couple things going. We're playing uh, a couple other things. We're pl- we just announced today that we're playing in in Boston um, mid December. Oh, yeah, um, uh, yeah. Well, uh, high command gig, high command, and um, final gasp. Final gasp, nice. That, that's a good mix. That's gonna be good. Yeah, I think it'll be really awesome. Also, I, I just love Boston. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, Boston does rock. Um, I haven't spent enough time there in my life just because it was like always like like just inconvenient just far away enough from virginia that it was like inconvenient that makes sense it's like nine hours so it's like unless i was planning like a weekend around it or something like that it was like i'm not just going there for the week i'm not just driving up for like a day and coming home no no of course not that i mean this was funny enough that's the same distance from austin to el paso nine hours yeah Yeah. but uh Um, we're playing florida in november that November. festival. Yeah. 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 That looks cool. I like the lineup on that a lot. Um, I was talking about that recently with uh, Sam Yarmouth on like one of the Patreon episodes for for this. Uh but going through that lineup on there because it's like I like protocol, I like armor, I like y'all. Um, there's a bunch of other good shit on that. That's gonna be cool. No, it'll be awesome. I'm I'm super pumped. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And you know, away from music, what's like, you know, kind of like, what are you doing now? Like, like where, where have you settled currently? Are you, are you like back in Fort Worth? Are you somewhere different? Like what's, what's going on with you? So what I've been sitting for Fort Worth since 2016. I haven't okay. left. Um, I probably won't leave. I mean, just the amount of moving I've done in my life. It's kind of like, I'm just over it. Fuck it. Yeah. No more. And 
the thing I love about Fort Worth is it's kind of hidden in Dallas's shadow. Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like it's kind of like, you know, it's like my town, you know, like I, I can go to a coffee shop and there's, there's no way I can go to a restaurant or whatever. I can go to the museum. There's like, I don't have to like fight a crowd, you know, I really like nice. that. Like, yeah, it's less than 10 minutes away from Blake. So we can just jam and, and figure stuff out. Lincoln lives 10 minutes away. It's, it's, it's an awesome situation. Is cre- is creeping death a uh, Fort Worth band? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say yes, but I think they technically are a Denton band. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. uh, a and S territory. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because, because I, I, you know, book creeping death a couple of times, obviously I've been around Lincoln cause like we've played together and shit. Yeah. Uh, but I just never really knew. Um, so I was curious. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you, so, so yeah, three, uh, three out of five of futures right there. So you oh, kind of, you know, link up and, for sure. And he lives about five minutes from me. The oh place. shit. Well, there you go. So, yeah. He's okay. like right now. Victor's the only one who doesn't live here and he lives in Austin. Austin. Yeah. Cause of like, Bosco and stuff. Um, yeah. okay. Got it. All right. So, and, and, and it's like, what do you, you know, like, like, what are you doing work-wise? Like, you know, like, like what's kind of like in between the music right now. So, uh, I had started and just working in the pipe yard. And so after basically what happened with the, the oil industry crashed. Mm. And so a lot of those, a lot of those jobs disappeared. And so I just kind of was bouncing around and then, um, fast forward. And I, I have a job with a, a company and I work for a, a pipe distributor. And so I'm, I'm in sales now. So instead of working in the yard, I'm working in the office. My, I, I, I'm a salesman myself. So I, I, I feel the game and I, yo, you know, I like that you, it's just a, it's a very Texas thing to be doing that. And I like that. I like when people kind of like line up with their region. So it's like working in, in that is, is a very Texas thing to me, uh, being adjacent to like oil and, and, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so do, do you like it? Do you, do you feel like this is like a, a like a, a spot for you to stay kind of like, it's, it's definitely the, like the most secure job I ever had, you know? So oh, it's yeah. like, finally got a job where I feel like, okay, like if I, as long as I'm doing my work, I'll, I'll be good. And I have to worry about like, you know, okay, this, this job ended. Now I have to find another job that wants a general contractor, you know, stressful and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. So future's bright. You got stuff, you know, lined up. Uh, I'm, I'm sure, you know, it's like, uh, we'll, we'll get another scourge LP in like 10 years. It's going to be worth the wait. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> uh, future will probably have like, five records in the interim that's gonna be all they're all gonna be awesome uh but yeah so good stuff coming up uh seth thank you so much for coming on man uh it's been great learning about all the cool music that you're a part of uh before we sign out here is there anything you want to leave the people with um just really thank you dude for having me hey sitting down to hang out um shout out sentinel thank you yeah shout out shout out all your bands uh shout out texas yeah Shout out Texas. Uh, and, uh, I'll, I'll look forward to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be around there, uh, in December. So if you're around, I'll, I'll hit you up. Where are you going to um, be in December? Uh, MAD and combust are playing, uh, Dallas playing cheap stakes, uh, before, uh, banging in the rock. So, okay. um, so- I'll like when, when I'm around, I'll hit you up and like, we're playing San Antonio to the day after. Okay. Um, so it's a be like, yeah, us combust doing a little, a week, a weekend there. So, I will, uh, we'll link up if you're around. Dude, shout out, uh, mutual service destruction as well. Thank you, my man. Yeah. Uh, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to, uh, 
support this podcast and continue helping us out and you know keeping the wheels moving you can subscribe to our patreon at www.patreon.com slash forum of passion until next time stay safe <laughs>